0: Welcome to the Teal Shirt Report Podcast, episode number 39. This is uh, Scott, your host of the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. We talk Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, and other area sports too. We'll give you a Duval this morning. Duval. And we are recording uh, this podcast, the Teal Shirt Report Podcast on this uh, sunday june 27th uh thank you for tuning in man we've had close to 10 inches of rain uh here in duval in the jacksonville florida area west side riverside area of jacksonville florida close to 10 inches of rain uh here during the month of june uh we're sponsored by on the tourist report podcast we're sponsored by Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast with incredible creation tools that make it so much easier for you to do the podcast. Um, Enhancements, improvements, I'd say I've seen that with Anchor over the last several months, close to a year now. So since we've been doing the podcast uh, in about mid-January of 2020, I have noticed the, the massive improvements. Uh, over the past several months, you know, with Anchor. So remember, the simplest and easiest way to do a podcast with all their creation tools is Anchor.FM. Uh, anchor is now known as Anchor by Spotify, but uh, you can find them, of course, at Anchor.FM. Uh, We're also sponsored by Saucer Realty for your North Florida real estate needs, whether it's home, residential, business, commercial properties, uh, check out Larry Saucer with Saucerility. Um, he's the, the main guy, the owner of Realty. And you can find the link to Saucerility by going to BigJReport.com. That's BigJReport.com. Scrolling our homepage, when you get to the weather information, the 24-7 North Florida weather information, there'll be a link about halfway through the weather report for saucer Saucerility. So we're sponsored by Anchor.fm, Saucerility, LakeUfalaHits.com, LakeUfalaHits.com, great internet radio, where it's all good. They have Rock Saturdays, that's right, Rock Saturdays, um, Hits 2000s, Monday through Friday nights, and otherwise great recognizable hits at LakeUfalaHits.com. And, of course, you can follow us at BigJReport.com. That's BigJReport.com. Going to get right into the Chill Shirt Report podcast. Uh, We're talking Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, other area sports. We're going to really focus today on a critical part of the Jacksonville Jaguars improvement going forward now in 2021. And, in my opinion, the improvement over last year is going to really culminate with how the defensive line does. The Jaguars now have added some depth to the cornerback room. I think in the back end, the Jags are going to be automatically the way it looks now. If they can stay healthy, they're going to be better in the back end than they were last year. They're going to have more depth at the cornerback position. The linebackers have been pretty good, and they've added to that linebacker depth. But the defensive line, when you talk about last year, the Jags gave up in the Todd Wash scheme over 30 points per game, 30.8 points per game. So critically, think about this. The critical need on defense is going to be to stop the run. That way it sets you up with uh, second and long, third and long, it creates a situation where the pass rushers get more of an opportunity to rush the passer on second long, second and long and third and long. Last year, the Jaguars had only 18 sacks as a team. That really needs to be up around 30 to 40 if you've got a premier defensive line with premier sack rushers. So we're going to focus today. On the uh, defensive line, Malcolm Brown came over from the Saints for a high draft pick as the Saints were trying to get, you know, down under the, (laughs) out from under the salary cap. So Malcolm Brown was a salary cap casualty for the Saints. So, um, you know, I, I guess for the Saints, he was just a guy they wanted to get rid of. So another team's trash is certainly another Team's treasure. I'm, I'm sure the Saints would love to have kept Malcolm Brown, but it's a salary cap thing. So the Jaguars have added a defensive tackle, Malcolm Brown, who may be considered, you know, one of the top ten uh, run stuffers in the game. Is what we hope at this point. Malcolm Brown is about uh, six foot two, three hundred twenty pounds. The Jags added some depth on the defensive line with Roy Robertson uh, Harris from the Chicago Bears. So when you take a look at the size of some of these guys, you're gonna get, uh, you're really gonna get some beef up front. We'll mention defensive tackle Malcolm Brown is about six foot two, three hundred and twenty pounds. Roy Robertson Harris and Roy Robertson Harris, not sure that he starts, but he's gonna be a big rotational guy for the Jaguars. Six about two hundred ninety eight pounds. Devon Hamilton, who if you go back and look at former coach Doug Marone, I mean he was really just thrilled about the way this guy was playing. He got he had some injury problems later in the year, but Devon Hamilton, nose tackle out of Ohio State, going into his second year, you know he he was really getting rave and good reviews from former coach Doug Marrone uh, last year. Adam this is a player that uh, the Jaguars have um, uh, resigned. He's actually the Australian guy. Let me look up, uh, because I always get Gotsis and Costin uh, mixed up in are You know, they're still, they're still both on the team. So we got to talk about these guys. They're defensive line guys, not really starters. Adam Gotsis is an Australian professional American football defensive end for the Jacksonville Jaguars and the NFL, as I kind of looked him up there. Um, I mean, he's a big, tall guy, about six foot four, large sized man. Adam Gottsis, Um used to play with the Denver Broncos. He was actually in college at you know at neighboring state Georgia Tech. He played at Georgia Tech in college. So Gottsis is being brought back. Uh, so is Doug Costin. Um, Taven Bryan is another interesting story. I mean, Taven Bryan was a late first-round pick by David Codwell, by former general manager David Codwell, um, over three years ago as Taven Bryan now will go into his fourth year. The Jaguars elected not to um, exercise the option for a fifth year, so basically Taven Bryan will be a free agent after his fourth year. So essentially, this is Taven Bryan's contract year. Does the light switch finally go on for Taven? What I've heard a lot of players say about Taven is Taven is basically that guy that fights off blocks and the other guy makes the tackle. So Taven has not has not materialized into a you know a, a, a game maker, like a playmaker on defense. He's not the guy that goes and gets you know numerous sacks doesn't make numerous tackles. He's more of a, what you call what a a mucker maybe. And I'll use that word carefully, a mucker. Just a guy that fights off blocks, maybe where the other guy gets a tackle. So Taven Bryan doesn't make it look pretty. Maybe he's a better player than a lot of people think he is, but he's just not a defensive performer. He's not the JJ Watt guy that when Taven Bryan was drafted, there was a lot of thought that if the Jags had not drafted him, another team may have grabbed him and he might be the next JJ Watt. He's not shown to be anything near close to JJ Watt. Maybe in the fourth year contract year for Taven Bryan, maybe the light switch goes on. Also, here's an interesting aspect, a very interesting aspect to, um, The defense, you know, what we've heard now is that the 4-3 scheme that Todd Wash, the former defensive coordinator played till the cows came home, same scheme, he played the gap defense. And there was a lot of gaps in that defense last year and the year before that. And even in parts of the season, the year before that, as the talent went down, the scheme showed, showed its flaws more and more in my opinion. So Todd Wash really needed a lot of talent to make his thing, his scheme go. So you take a look at Josh Allen, who is a, basically a defensive end, but he can probably play some linebacker. Now, where does, where does a defensive end Josh Allen, really a premium and potentially premier pass rusher, where does he play? Is he really a linebacker or is he a defensive end? If you're playing a 3-4 defense, you're playing a nose tackle. You got some big ends out there. Like, uh, take a look at who the big ends might be. You know, on uh, defense, who are they going to be? Adam Gotsis. Um, you know, I guess Taven Bryan can play defensive tackle or the big end. Josh Allen may play defensive end or linebacker. Same thing with Cade LeBon Chaseon. Cade LeBon Chaseon is a player to watch. He's about six foot three, two hundred and fifty four pounds. Uh, the Jags did draft him. Last year. And um, man, Caleb Vaughn, Caleb Vaughn Chason was drafted with one of those picks that the Jags got, you know, for uh, Jalen Ramsey, the Jags did turn those first round picks into Caleb Vaughn Chason and also Travis Etienne. So those are, players that could really blossom into good players. And again, Caleb on Chason is a player to watch. I mean, look at the size of this guy, the athletic, the freakish athletic ability, six foot three, 254 pounds. He came on and played better later in the year, but the numbers aren't there for sacks yet. However, the Jaguars only got 18 sacks as a team last year. So the key is, uh, would you say inside out? You know, the, the defensive backs are going to be better at cornerback and safety because the defensive line is better. So, it, you know, football is an interesting game. I, I learned about baseball. It took me a long well, it took me a few years to learn that hitters do better when they have a pitch, when they have a hit count 3 1, 3 2, two balls and one strike. The defense does better when they can hold the. Offense. I mean, these are intricacies to sports. I mean, the defense for the Jaguars, the defense overall can do better if the defensive line can stop the run, essentially stop the run and rush the passer. But in order to rush the passer and to build up sack totals, which are the totals the fans want to see, hey, how many sacks did they get? In order to build up the sack totals, and maybe this is a little bit of education in sports and football, But when you're sitting in a situation where the opposing team has first and 10 and they gain seven, eight yards on a run, then you're in second and three, second and two, and you're essentially in trouble. And that's where the Jaguars' defense found themselves in last year, a lot of trouble. So now this defensive line has got to stop the run. They've got to force turnovers at times too, but especially stop the run and put the opposing team in second and long, And third and long, it'll help the pass rush game. And hopefully, I will say this about Josh Allen, who had an off year last year. He kind of came on during parts of the season. But Josh Allen, I don't think Josh Allen, uh, uh, health-wise, was right all year. You get Josh Allen completely healthy and not banged up or nicked up, and he's going to be more productive. Same thing with – Chase on and the rest of the team. So looking at the uh, defense, got a new defensive coordinator and Joe Cullen, a new scheme. It's typically going to be a 3-4, but I'll tell you what, I feel like Joe Cullen, the defensive coordinator for the Jaguars, is going to do a a good job of kind of changing the looks. And I don't think Todd Wash did that. I think he just played the 4-3 mostly till the cows came home and essentially what happened was some of your better players you know sometimes your better players they weren't getting as many snaps because it seemed like with Todd Wash the scheme came before the talent and i think that was part of Todd Wash's problem last year and that's why he's he's actually a what is he now he's a defensive line coach with the Detroit Lions he's not coordinating anything he he was the defensive coordinator for the Jaguars last year and for a couple of years prior to that I think he was the Jags defensive coordinator for like what at least 3 years and there were some guys that had some career days against the Todd Wash defense and scheme and when the talent level dropped some you know the the dam broke more and and the scheme was exposed that's how I saw it but uh, now getting more talent in getting a new 3-4 scheme with joe cullen you're going to see the nose uh, guard or nose tackle if you will play more of a role right on top of the ball i think that you know they may move into what looks like a 4-3 sometimes i think you're going to get different looks and multiple looks with joe cullen's defense but essentially the base is going to be a 3-4 and they'll you know they'll play off of that so that's that's looking at the defense now one other note i wanted to say was uh, recently in the past couple of days uh mini camp ended training camp will be of course getting underway here very shortly but but mini camp ended and people were just raving uh, the reports i got from sources i have is that trevor lawrence looked really good and was making some incredible throws the last day or two of camp also, offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel says Gardner Minshew is playing very, very well. So why would you trade him? And if you do trade Minshew, again, I'm going to say my opinion on it is, hey, don't trade him yet. Trade him when another team's front line starter goes down. When another team's front line starting quarterback goes down, then you can get more. A third round picker higher is what I'd like to see, but then, you know, I talked to, you know, my freelance writer, JC says, nah, they're going to be lucky to get a fifth or sixth round pick. We'll see how it plays out, but you I mean, it's like this. If quarterback Gardner Minshew's looking really good and may be considered one of the top 10 backup quarterbacks in the league, then essentially what you've got, and you're not, you're not paying a lot for it. You may have a top 10 NFL starting quarterback and then, your backup quarterback may be one of the top ten backup quarterbacks in the league too. That makes the quarterback room, that makes the quarterback room really look, really look uh, potentially good. And then you got C.J. Beathard as a third string guy. So there's a lot there to work with, you know, at quarterback. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. This, my friends, is uh, episode. I don't know. I always have trouble with these episodes. Keeping up with which episode is which. This is actually episode number 39. We talk about a lot of stuff. The Jacksonville Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment. Uh, there was indoor football last night. The Jacksonville Sharks somehow, someway beat the Albany, New York Empire. And we'll talk about that, too. You know, these indoor and arena scores sometimes get really large and uh, out of control. I tell you what, though, Alex Nunnery. I uh, did some interviews after the uh, Jacksonville Sharks game last night. So what's kind of cool is I believe he interviewed the uh, new quarterback uh, for the Jacksonville Sharks, uh, Mr. Danny Southwick, who's been around forever. He's like 39 years old. Uh, he's played for man, he's played for almost every arena football team out there, or many of them, I should say, not all of them, but he even had a. Even had a cup of coffee with the Oakland Raiders going way back to, what was it, 2008, 2009. Uh, So we'll talk about indoor football. Uh, We're going to talk about North Florida Entertainment, give you some concerts. There's been some new concerts uh, that we've added. Uh, to the BigJReport.com concert lineup in the in our neighbors' area of the website at BigJReport.com, so you're welcome to check our website out and uh, sit back and enjoy the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I've got, I've even got a fantasy football story that might blow your mind today. So. So stay tuned. We got more coming up. This is the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. It is episode 39, season number two. Again, let me tell you, we're listened to, we're listened to now in as many as 34 states across the United States. We're worldwide international in uh, Northern Ireland, Montreal, Quebec, uh, France, uh, Hong Kong. Hey guys. And, of course, uh, New Zealand, Germany, uh, Puerto Rico. So thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, We've got more coming up. Okay, my friends. Hello, my friends. You're tuned in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I'm going to try to keep moving into different areas of what we do. Jacksonville Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, other area sports. Again, we're listened to um, in as many as 34 states now, internationally and worldwide as well. We were talking about the Jags defense a few minutes ago. And if I, was, um, if I didn't mention Dwayne Smoot earlier, I would be remiss not to mention him because I need to mention him because he got re-signed by the Jaguars and I thought he deserved it. I was glad to see uh, this signing with uh, Dwayne Smoot, who played really, really well. There were times a couple of years ago that uh, Smoot had some injury issues early in his career with the Jaguars but now he's going into his fifth year out of Illinois. I believe Dwayne Smoot was a a Tom Coughlin pick. Um, In my opinion, I mean, I'm thinking that Dave Codwell made these picks, but, you know, during this, this experience where Tom Coughlin, you know, before he got shown the door last year, Tom Coughlin's been a big part of the Jaguars history, and I believe that, his fingerprints are all over this Dwayne Smoot pick from like four years ago. And now Dwayne Smoot's moving into his fifth year, uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, man. And Dwayne Smoot had a good year last year. Um, he's been re-signed. I was all for that. You know, they got a, you know, a decent price for both parties. Uh, he's six foot three, 264 pounds. This is a player that's got confidence. He doesn't lack confidence. He always, uh, you know, he always thought of himself as a first round pick. Although the Jags, I think got him as my memory is uh, processing it. I believe he was actually a third round pick by the Jaguars, you know, about four years ago by uh, Dave Codwell and uh, Tom Coughlin at that point. But he's out of Illinois moving into his fifth year, 26 years of age, six foot three, 264 pounds. And he may finally be getting completely healthy. And is this true? He's wearing uh, number 91. Okay, that's, that's Smoot's number now, okay. You know, somebody else had 91, right? We won't talk about him, but uh, Dwayne Smoot on the roster has been given, my goodness, Dwayne Smoot. Dewan Smoot. He's got one of those first names that uh it's a little different it's d-a-w-u-a-n-e dewan Smoot, wearing number 91 now defensive end six foot three 264 pounds 26 years of age moving into his fifth year so he should now be moving into the prime of his career dewan Smoot. Uh, i also want to talk about um you know i mentioned costin earlier uh doug costin and you know he was re-signed and of course, he's on, the, he's on the roster, too, out of Miami of Ohio, moving into his second year, 23 years of age, two, two hundred 295 pounds of defensive tackle. So if you go back to the first segment of our podcast today, you'll hear most of the defensive players mentioned now. We wanted to make sure that we did uh, fully recognize Dewan Smoot and also Doug Costin. Of course, we talked about some of the others, too, on the defensive line, which is going to be critical uh, to keep the opponents in and more difficult down and distance situations, as we, you know, talked about and uh, referred to it earlier uh, here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. So there you go. Uh, We do check Jacksonville Jaguars information, North Florida Entertainment, and other area sports as well. Speaking of other area sports, I mean, we've uh, talked about Semi pro football, outdoor football, and we'll, we'll get through this real quickly. But I want to thank David Martin for um, keeping me up to date so well with the APDFL. Their recent championship game was held this past um, Saturday, June 26th. Uh, the Crescent City Kings defeated the Alabama Blackhawks, uh, Alabama Blackhawks out of Birmingham. The Crescent City Kings 21, the Alabama Blackhawks 13, the final score back on Saturday, June 26th. That was the APDFL championship of semi-pro football. And then the other league that we, you know, we used to we we we, we used to talk about so much, but but their season ended back in May. The FCFL, which had teams in our area, Northeast Florida, the Argyle Avengers the St. Augustine Yellow Jackets, to name a few of the teams. In May of 2021, the FCFL had their championship game, the Broward Outlaws. Unfortunately for Argyle, from our area, the Broward Outlaws won that game down in South Florida. Good game, though, the Broward Outlaws 14, the Argyle Avengers 12, in the FCFL championship game last month, uh, back during the month of May. We're going to talk fantasy football, North Florida entertainment, and oh yes, we're going to talk about the Jacksonville Sharks' big, big victory. The Jacksonville Sharks' big, big victory. They really had an upset win over perhaps what a lot of people uh, think of as the best team at least this year in the National Arena League, the Albany-New York Empire. Sharks upset them at home. Uh, We'll talk about that as the Teal Shirt Report podcast continues. Thank you for listening. Well, you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Great to have you tuned in today. We're listened to, can you believe it? We're listened to in as many as 34 states now internationally worldwide northern ireland germany
1: you know everywhere
0: france uh, puerto rico hong kong hey guys and of course again we're listening to in as many as 34 states want to congratulate the southern steam having a good season they're five and two we understand they have as i understand it they have secured they have secured a championship game appearance and the championship game that I understand will be played in West Virginia here in a few weeks. The Southern steam still has a couple of uh, regular season home games left. They're five and two on the season. And, um, you know, Alex uh, Nunry, one of our big J uh, sports reporters reported to me that the Southern steam will play the Palm beach phantoms uh, next uh, Saturday night, which will be the first Saturday night in July, kick. Well, I say kickoff, but I think at home they don't usually have kickoffs; they just start. And I think what the five or the ten yard line. Um, you know, I'm, I get used to the rules as we go along. But uh, the Southern Steam, the Southern Steam will play the Palm Beach Phantoms. The Southern Steam five and two game. I should say it this way: the game will start at seven o'clock uh, next. Uh, Saturday night, or this coming Saturday night, at the um, the Ice and Sports Complex here in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Southern Steam versus the Palm Beach Phantoms. Uh, that'll be a team from, um, obviously, uh, South Florida. And they'll come up to Jacksonville and play the Southern Steam at the Ice and Sports Complex um, near Phillips and Emerson uh, on Saturday. That'll be the first Saturday night in July. We're recording this podcast on Sunday, uh, June 27th. Right now, we wish the Southern Steam well. Uh, they're on. They got kind of stuck in a little bit of a losing streak. They um, lost a couple games in the road. On the road, up in North Georgia. Now, these were teams that were from a different league, the UAL, the United Arena League. So um, these these were not. Eif games; these were actually uh, games in which an Eif team played a UAL team, the United Arena League. So there's a lot of leagues. There's a lot of teams out there, and in the National Arena League, we want to congratulate the Jacksonville Sharks on an incredible victory. Uh, the Sharks outscored Albany um, sixty-one to fifty-eight was the final score. The Sharks had signed a new quarterback. Uh, you know, uh, Mike. Uh, Faithful got hurt back during game one against the Orlando Predators, got hurt in the second quarter, I believe, and he'll be out most of the year. He might be out the rest of the year. So the Sharks have tried some different quarterbacks, but now they have signed a veteran of arena and indoor football. They signed Danny Southwick. He's 39 years of age, and this guy's played everywhere. I mean, he even had a cup of coffee with the Oakland Raiders back in 2009 before he was cut or released. Uh, he, he started his uh, professional career with the Louisville Flyer, uh, played with the Oakland Raiders in 2009 for a brief stint. He was with the Dallas Vigilantes in 2011, was also with the Tampa Bay Storm. Uh, the guy is 39 years old now. You know, he's been with, he's been with several uh, arena football teams. You know, I think one of the last teams he was with was actually the Jersey Flight, and I think he was with them last year when the NAL actually uh, shut down due to COVID. So he didn't obviously didn't play much, if any, with the Jersey Flight, but now he's with the Jacksonville Sharks, and I could see um, uh, Danny Southwick finishing out the season with the Sharks. He had a really good game uh, last night. He uh, threw three touchdown passes to Devin Wilson. And, uh, you know, looking at the uh, stats, looking at the stats of what uh, uh, Danny did, he had, he accounted for six touchdowns. He threw for five touchdown passes, I believe, and ran for one. The touchdown he ran was a big one late in the game in the fourth quarter. And then he threw the winning touchdown pass, of course, to uh, a wide receiver, uh, Devin Wilson. Uh, With the Jacksonville Sharks, Devin Wilson had three touchdowns on the night, but you got to give Danny Southwick uh, some credit. He's played for a lot of teams. He's 39 years old, and I'm sure he's played in a lot of different systems, so maybe it made it easy for him to come in and uh, play the Sharks system. If he's playing, I'm assuming he'll be playing probably, if he stays healthy, probably going to be playing the rest of the year uh, with the Sharks. He looked. Pretty good. Last night, I would have to say um, a lot of people weren't expecting the Sharks to beat the Albany, uh, New York Empire. The Sharks had lost their first two games. They're 0-2 on the season. They had lost to uh, the Orlando Predators. Then on the road, they lost to the Columbus, Georgia Lions. By the way, the Columbus, Georgia Lions, uh, they look like the real deal. The Columbus, Georgia Lions, 54. The Carolina Cobras 30 last night as well. So uh, Columbus, Georgia won, the Jacksonville Sharks won. I think the Sharks surprised a lot of people, you know, going into that game. I would have thought, man, the Empire's two touchdowns better than the Sharks. But between uh, Danny Southwick and the defense really came to play. I mean, the defense uh, played much better in this game. There was a, a key play in which, you know, Zach Brown made some nice tackles on defense and uh, really the entire the entire Sharks defense played a good game. I mean, it's kind of hard to say, but this is arena football. I mean, you give up 58 points, but the defense did play well, kept the Sharks in the game, and had a you know had a had a key stop or two uh, in the second half. The Sharks ended up winning 61 to 58. Uh, the kicker uh, Bear uh, Brandon Bear. I mean, he I know he he made at least two deuces in the game. Some some key deuces were on kickoffs you put put the ball uh, between the uprights and you score a couple of points the other team's kicker had some deuces too but but brandon bear brandon bear his uh, deuces came at critical times uh for the jacksonville sharks and the sharks ended up winning that game i mean this was probably one of the most one of the most exciting I'm going to say one of the most exciting um, um, arena or indoor football games I've seen in a long time. And again, uh, the Sharks hung on and won the game. The Jacksonville Sharks, 61. The Albany, New York Empire, 58. And again, the uh, newly acquired uh, quarterback, Danny Southwick, 39 years of age, accounted for six touchdowns. I believe he, he threw for five, ran for one. I hope I'm correct on that stat but he threw for at least five or six touchdowns plus he ran for a touchdown as well. So congratulations to the Jacksonville Sharks on their big 61 to 58 win over the Albany New York Empire. I do know that Alex Nunry had a chance to interview. I believe he interviewed uh, the quarterback Danny Southwick after the game. We'll be hearing um we'll be hearing Alex Nunry's um, interviews down on the field after the game right here on the teal shirt report podcast now we were going to talk about fantasy football for a moment and this next story is quite unique and and uh it's an interesting fantasy football story i mean i've been playing fantasy football in in some form or fashion for years uh so have a lot of friends and family members and uh, i was given some fantasy football books uh, yesterday in fact and then they were taken back from me because uh, the person that gave me the books it was addressed to them they thought but then they said no no these were supposed to go to your brother my brother and I I looked at the books briefly I even took a little picture of one of the books before I, I lost the books I think I owned these books for 30 minutes and then there was a mistake made apparently the books um, were actually addressed to my brother So I finally figured out how he has been winning fantasy football championships for years. And I've never seen this book before, but let me tell you what it is. My brother has this book. He's got like three big books that came in a big brown box. And it looks like the top book is called the fantasy football almanac 2021. Get yourself some free updates in there. Over 300 fantasy player profiles fantasy scouting. Uh, You're getting analysis of um, 14 new offensive coordinators, analytic uh, driven sleepers, more and more rankings uh, for PPR, -PPR, non-PPR, Superflex Dynasty, DST, whatever that is, IDP. But I'll tell you what, Sean Ryan, apparently this book is by Sean Ryan. And I think my brother's been getting this book for years and he's won some fantasy league championship trophies. Now I'm starting to see how he's done it. Now, not only that book did he get, but he got a couple other books too. Uh, there was another book that had Trevor Lawrence, um, uh, on the, uh, on the picture too. It's called the DTPs 2021 draft guide. Um, it's the draft scout book. So, you know, most of us just say, Hey, these are the players we want to pick. We might look at, might look at the, what is it? The Athlon, uh, very generic fantasy sports book that comes out in the grocery store. But man, I'm telling you these are uh, these are some books that, that came in a brown box and I don't think he wanted I don't think he wanted anyone to know that probably he relies on these books, but my brother's won some fantasy football championships and trophies and I'm beginning to see why. We're gonna check in with Alex Nunnery after the game. Uh, We're also going to check North Florida Entertainment. Again, the Sharks were big, big winners. Man, they were big winners um, over the um, Albany, New York Empire, 61 to 58. Let's take a look at some concerts uh, before we join Alex. We had added some uh, concerts here in North Florida uh, recently to the website at BigJReport.com. So let me pull up some of the shows that are that are scheduled now. How about this one? Green Day with Fallout Boy and Weezer on July thirty first of twenty twenty one at five thirty PM. It starts early in the day at T I A Bank Field, uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida, and we'll run through the evening and, and also at uh, nighttime as well. Again, I'll repeat Green Day with Fallout Boy and Weezer on July the thirty first of twenty twenty one, starting at five thirty P. M. Looks like an all evening and almost all night event at the TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville, Florida. Also a big one, Motley Crew, Def Leppard with Poison at TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville, Florida on Saturday, August the 7th in Jacksonville, Florida, starting at 4 30 PM. Then I also found some uh, some more concerts these may be uh, new to our podcast. We've added them on the website at bigjreport.com in the neighbor's section now. If you go check out the neighbor's section, the neighbor's two section. Uh, Santana coming to Jacksonville. Carlos Santana. That's Santana on Tuesday night, September the 21st of 2021 at 8 o'clock p.m. And we, we do know that several weeks from now. Santana on Tuesday night, September the 21st of 2021 at 8 o'clock p.m. at Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. ZZ Top getting out and about. ZZ Top on Sunday night, November the 14th of 2021 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater here in Jacksonville, Florida. Florida Theater probably holds. It's an intimate type show. Uh, The Florida Theater, I think, holds maybe around 1,900 people or more. About this, Casey and the Sunshine Band. Here we go. Casey and the Sunshine Band on Saturday, January the 22nd of 2022. In the new year next year, that'll be Casey and the Sunshine Band on Saturday, January the 22nd of 2022 at uh, 7 30 p.m that's coming in a few months to the Florida theater here in Jacksonville Florida also another one next year in April Elton John the Elton John goodbye yellow brick road farewell tour in 2022 on April the 23rd of 2022 at the ViStar veterans memorial arena here in Jacksonville Florida so that's a look at some of the concert information as you know, the Jacksonville Icemen finished their season, their fourth season in Jacksonville at the Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena. They had a good year too, 34 wins, 30 losses, and um, they finished, uh, what, 34, 30, three and four. And so congratulations to the Icemen, Bob Marablo and everybody associated with the ownership and management of the Jacksonville Iceman here in Jacksonville, Florida, of the East Coast Hockey League. Again, the Jacksonville Sharks, big, big winners. Uh, Jacksonville Sharks beat the Albany New York Empire 61-58 on Saturday night, uh, June the 26th. Southern Steam had the week off. They're 5-2 from the Elite Indoor Football League. The Southern Steam will play the Palm Beach Phantoms uh, next Saturday, or I should say this coming Saturday, the first Saturday in July at 7 o'clock p.m. at the Ice and Sports Complex. Uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. And we're going to take you down on the field to how it sounded when Alex Nunnery was down on the field. And uh, Alex had a chance to uh, talk to some of the players after the game and give us uh, an interview and a report after the game as the Jacksonville Sharks defeated the Albany, New York Empire, 61-58 to 58 in the National Arena League. So we'll get some of Alex's uh, reports and interviews coming up now. Alex is everywhere. Let's now join Alex Nunnery, our BigJayReport.com sports reporter. Here now is Alex Nunnery. Alex.
2: We're here with
0: the big man, Justin
2: Marcus. A nice game for the for the big man from Macon. How did you play tonight? Man, I played with a chip on my shoulder. You know, everybody was on Albany's side. 4-0, oh, we're 0-2 opener, and nobody had faith in us. I heard the guys even practice, so I just had to show them what we came to do. We work hard every day. We may have some ups and downs, but once you step into the tank, you got to come to play. Yes, sir. How do you all prepare for Orlando again? Oh, we're just going to keep it on, man. You know, yeah, I hate that Mike went down, but we finally got a decent quarterback that's going to keep the points on the board. Defense, we're going to do our thing, so Orlando got another thing coming. It's not going to be the same thing as the first time. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. sir. Well, that's Cody helping me out keeping my arm loose. He's uh, all right. our Cody, our trainer. is. Uh, we're here with the new quarterback for the Jacksonville Sharks. He's been in the arena league for about 15 years or so. But, yeah, Danny Southwick, his first game as a Shark. How did you play tonight? Uh, You know, I thought there were spots in which I I, uh, executed the plan well. I thought there were also spots that, you know, I need to clean it up. I'm learning the the system here and learning uh, the the plays. And and I think as um, I get – more used to what Coach Fuller does um, and how our receivers run, and just kind of everything about uh, about being part of the Jacksonville Sharks. I think things will be a little bit smoother, and so the goal is just to take this and win and get a little bit better each week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How is it like the environment in the tank? If uh, you have a really quick, the Shark Tank is awesome. It's 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 one of the best, if not the best,
1: uh, environment in all.
2: You. Yeah. Jacksonville Sharks with a terrific 61 to 58 win over the Albany Empire last night. Jordan Williams with three touchdown catches for the Sharks. Devin Wilson with the game winning touchdown catch with forty-eight seconds left in the game. Justin Marcus from the Kennesaw State University with a FOMO recovery.
1: Hey, Scott, it's George, you know, big dog in the middle, number 99, Southern Steam. Hey, check this out. I'm just sending you this message to let everybody know. Yeah, we know we had a bad road trip to Georgia. No excuse, we shouldn't have put them game into another man's hands but you know what, that's behind us next play I have a pack of dogs behind me we ready to fight, you got us in the corner now we coming out even harder I feel sorry for the man in front of us Mm -hmm. because it's not gonna be the same, they're not gonna go home the same Okay, you know what happens when you put a pack of dogs into the back of a corner we come out fighting harder for each other than ever before Scott, I love you let everybody know the Southern Steam is still Jayville's biggest team. All right? You guys take it easy. See you at the ice rink.
0: Now, that was uh, that was George Bowen, big defensive lineman with the Southern Steam. And, of course, we heard some reports from Alex Nunnery prior to uh, big George Bowen there, number 99 for the Southern Steam. The Southern Steam, by the way, they had this week off but they're getting ready to play the Palm beach Phantoms coming up from South Florida. They'll play at the ice and sports complex here in Jacksonville, located near Phillips and Emerson. So check them out. Uh, the first, uh, Saturday night at seven o'clock, uh, here in Jacksonville at the ice and sports complex near Emerson and Phillips. It'll be the Southern steam, uh, versus The Palm Beach Phantoms. We're going to go back to Alex Nunry and get more reports. Again, we congratulate the Jacksonville Sharks on their 61-58 win over the Albany, New York Empire. Uh, Columbus, Georgia defeated the Carolina Cobras on Saturday night, uh, June 26th as well. Columbus, Georgia. I tell you what the Columbus, Georgia Lions look like there for real. Columbus, Georgia Lions 54, the Carolina Cobras 30. The Jacksonville Sharks won their game on Saturday night, June the 26th as well. And the Albany, New York Empire was probably considered the top team in the NAL, perhaps until they ran into the Jacksonville Sharks. But what a great game it was. It's probably one of the best uh, indoor or arena games I have seen in the last couple of years. I've seen some good games, too, with the Southern Steam, the Jacksonville Sharks. But if you went to the... um, the ByStar Veterans Memorial Arena on Saturday night, June 26th. You know what I'm talking about, a 61-58 win for the Jacksonville Sharks over the Albany-New uh, York Empire. The Albany-New York Empire had come into this game undefeated previously. Let's go back to Alex Nunnery and more of uh, Alex Nunnery's reports. Alex Nunnery, a Big BigJReport.com sports reporter. Let's go back to more. With Alex Nunnery, he's everywhere. Here now is Alex Nunnery. Alex? Kenny
2: Veal with an interception. Veal is from the Toledo University. Veal, his first ever NAL game last night. Devin Wilson from the Tennessee State University, and Jordan Williams from Edinburgh College, the Sharks quarterback, Danny Southwick, Southwick from Occidental University, he hails from Provo, Utah, He's an NAL, he's an Arena Football League veteran with over 15 years of arena football experience. Gregory Phillips from Purdue University with a few catches for the Sharks last night. The Jacksonville Sharks. The 2019 NAL Champions will be at the Orlando Predators Friday, July 2nd. Kickoff is at 7 p.m. in Orlando, Florida. The head coach of your Jacksonville Sharks from Portland, Oregon. James Fuller. Paris Mack. From the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. With a big touchdown fumble recovery in the end zone right before halftime. For the Sharks last night. Congrats. To the Florida Avengers. On a terrific win. In Philadelphia last night. The score was 14 to 3. The Philadelphia team. They were ranked number seven in their league. The Florida Avengers, one of few very good women's professional tackle football teams in Jacksonville. The Avengers, they're led by owner... Todd Jones, and head coach, Kim. Congrats to the Mississippi State Bulldogs on a terrific win over Texas last night. Mississippi State baseball team We'll play the Vanderbilt Commodores in the College World Series, Championship Series. Monday through potentially Wednesday, the Mississippi State Bulldogs, second baseman, former JU second baseman and Venice High School star Scotty DeBruyne. The Bulldogs also led by
0: Tanner Allen, Logan Tanner, Will Betts. Hey, we want to thank Alex Nunry for those fine reports. I mean, Alex was everywhere. He was covering the Jacksonville Sharks NAL game, National Arena League game. He was also... He was also uh, congratulating in his reports many, many of the players for the Jacksonville Sharks. So we want to thank Alex Nunnery for his reports. He was also talking even about women's professional football, Uh, the Avengers. He wanted to congratulate the Florida Avengers and also was talking uh, college baseball World Series action down to two SEC games at latest report on this uh, Sunday, June 27th. So we want to thank Alex Report our BigJReport.com sports reporter, for his fine reports today. I keep hearing that the Georgia Bulldogs got everybody. They got some talent coming back. I mean, they got really two great returning guys on the offensive line their defense is supposed to be spectacular so i know we're going to hear more and more about the georgia bulldogs from our georgia bulldog football insider uh mad max right there near the georgia alabama border and uh, of course mad max uh covers georgia bulldog football He's our georgia bulldog football insider jc our alabama expert and you know he's an expert on the sec western division and myself i give you a lifetime of florida gator football alex nunnery's big on the florida gators so we're going to cover the sec the southeastern conference football uh shenanigans uh coming up when the new season starts and we're going to start talking more and more about the sec during the teal shirt report podcast of course, you can you can hear all about the Jacksonville Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, and other area sports right here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Our Teal Shirt Report podcast has been produced by Alex Nunnery, also by JC, our freelance uh, writer with Big J Report, uh, com as well. So thank you for listening to the 39th episode of Season 2 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Again, special thanks to our producers, as were produced by Alex Nunry and also by JC have a great day that'll do it for the till shirt report uh, this time around